Hi, I'm Gail Simone, and you're listening to Real Books Don't Have Batman. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. As a symbol, I can be incorruptible. I can be everlasting. What symbol? Something elemental, something terrifying. Hello and welcome to Real Books Don't Have Batman. Because I don't. I'm Frank Duran. I'm Sean Vasquez. And today we are doing the number one requested year of the Bat Special. Also the number one necessity. Yes. When doing something like this. Literally when we came up with this idea for the year of the Bat Special. So covering books that are our favorite, that mean a lot to the Batman mm-hmm. universe. This was our first one that we were like, we should do this, and then it's literally been the one that everyone's like, why haven't you covered this yet? We were I like, mean, from the beginning, we were already just like, that's got to be saved like the last. Yeah. So we we finally got. We've been doing these all year. We've been covering certain Batman stories, starting with Batman Venom, mm-hmm. which is our one of our most popular episodes of all time. Which uh, thank, thank you guys. <laughs> Glad <laughs> but, we started off good. Yeah, um, but we we're covering something that like. That it, you know, there's two. There was two episodes that we immediately were like, "We gotta do this. This will be special." Uh-huh. And the Dark Knight Returns is the one we're covering today, and then our next one will be uh, the other one we came up with, which is combined with which is comparing Year One and Zero. Yes. Um, so this one is the Dark Knight Returns. Now. Everyone said everything that can be said about the Dark Knight Returns. Yes, it's so steeped within comic book culture. It had redefined Batman. It was like for a new audience at a time where the '66 show had kind of influenced the character to become more lighthearted. Yeah, and this and it, it came along at the right time. Yes. It, it it changed the way. Batman comics have been read forevermore. Mm-hmm. It is definitely one of the most influential Batman comics of all time. And it is the comic that if somebody says, I don't like comics, I either hand them Watchmen or I hand them this. And it's got to be from like that era. It's just like, yeah. here, Watchmen, here, Dark Knight Returns, here, Sandman, maybe. Yeah, because they, they, will, they will make somebody who's who loves reading but doesn't like comics love love comics. Yeah. It, it just it, it introduces you well to the medium and, and also kind of changed your mind on how a comic could play out. It's not always just like, here's Superman jumping over a building. It's more about, <laughs> it could be about something deep. Yes. Um, now, where did Dark Knight Returns start for you? When did you, when did you first read The Dark Knight Returns? I mean, uh, Dark Knight Returns is one of those things where, as I noticed, I was becoming a bigger and bigger Batman fan rather than just being like, I like the movies, I like the TV yeah. show. When I started getting into the comics, I did some research on my own about it, and everywhere you go when you research Batman, The Dark Knight Returns is going to be brought up at one point or yeah. another. So I think this might have been like middle school or so, maybe a little earlier, where mm. I had went to the public library in my city and I had taken it's like and I had taken the book off. Yeah. And I ran home and read it and I thought it was amazing. <laughs> it, it, that's exactly it. I mean I definitely I picked this up at a library too and I, I, I didn't I didn't know. Like I, I knew that it was a very popular Batman story, but I didn't know it was what it was, you mm-hmm. know? Like, it, it was the genre-defying work of Batman, you know? like Because that's what I would say it is. I It is, and just to clarify before I start fanboying, it is my favorite Batman story. I love a lot of, there's a lot of great Batman stories, 75 years worth. And there's there's some, 
fantastic ones. And there's mm-hmm. some that I point to to people to be like, read this. This is awesome. But The Dark Knight Returns struck a chord in me when I first read it. It's It still strikes a chord with me every time I read it. It's one of those books I can read again and again and again. And it also has the best fight scene of any comic. I like comic <laughs> books ha- are full of fight scenes. You literally need a fight scene every com every issue of a comic. Mm-hmm. But Batman versus Superman at the end of Dark Knight Returns is my favorite fight of all time. And I want to hear people's I want to hear people debate that. Please tell me your favorite fight of all time in the comments down below because I want I want to know that. But really, how can it get better than two best Friends fucking duking it out to the fucking death. Like, it is fucking awesome. And it's so great. And the Dark Knight Returns is so dynamic. It's so, it's such a crazy story. And, and like, yeah. In a lot of ways. Because it's the last Batman story. Quote, unquote. Yeah. Uh, it should, should have been. You <laughs> kind of have to remind yourself about the Dark Knight Returns is that it's not canon. No. It is not technically canon. Uh, it's been sort of worked into canon with yeah, New 52. like trying to, well, sort different of. eras have tried to, like, incorporate elements to try and make it Dark Knight Returns. Like the mutants are yeah. in New 52, and they were also in Grant Morrison's but stories. it'll never be, like, straight up. Yeah. It's, a po- just, it's mostly a possible future. It's almost like an Elseworlds. Yeah. Almost in a way. But a lot of people take it as... Like canon, no. You know, this like, is the end for Batman. This yeah. is the furthest in the timeline. I mean, even Scott Snyder it, says that. Yeah, you know, year one is how it starts. Dark Knight Returns is how it ends. Yeah, and like is definitely it's the same thing as um, Son of the Bat. Like most people did not take that as an actual story. You know, like you know, mm-hmm. but it's not supposed and then to be canon. After the word it was incorporated. By same, taking various elements. Same thing as Killing Joke. Killing Joke's not supposed to be canon either, you know? Like, well, I, I mean, it is now. It is now, but that's the thing. When it first came out, like, a lot of these stories are not supposed to be canon. And well, they love it so much, it's just like, yeah. yeah same thing happened with Superman Birthright. Yeah. That was just Mark Wade just being like, I want to try how I would do a Superman origin. And DC was just like, yeah, that's a new origin. They're like, actually, that's really good. Let's do that the actual origin. Um, the Dark Knight Returns. Okay, so if you're late to the party. If, just to give a short summary, uh, <laughs> it is Batman set almost like quote unquote forty years into the future of whatever Batman comic you're reading before. Yeah, he's in, <laughs> he's in his sixties at this point. So it's definitely because most of the time you meet Batman and he's either twenty or thirty. He's you know, vaguely like, twenty thirty. Yeah, he's just like I've always been twenty eight. Like you know, like and you're like okay, Batman. Um, but this is a very much older, very grumpy, very old a very, a Batman who has already given up on being Batman mm-hmm. a while ago. Before the comic starts, he's still looking for that thrill. Like he's Bruce Wayne's doing racing cars and like. And he's taught, and the beginning is him talking about what would be a great death. And he's like, this would, this would be a good death. Him, mm-hmm. him crashing his car. He thinks that that's the way to go out. But he knows it's not truly the way he wants to go out. He yeah. doesn't want to go out in just like some random accident. He needs to go out as Batman. Big. Yeah. He needs to go out as Batman. Because deep down he knows he's still Batman in there. And that's like, that's the thing. Is some of the, This book introduces such things as like, Batman being eternal. (laughs) But, like, it really is. Not only that, it also, for me at least, it kind of separated less from World's Greatest Greatest Detective and sort of 
push the idea of Batman as a soldier. Yeah, because he goes all out war in mm-hmm. this in this book. Like it's not just he's stopping all the things that he knew was wrong in this future. You know, like he's not just like being like I'm gonna go kick some supervillain, but he knows that the mutants are a problem. That that the that the government's still a problem. He knows. He knows so many things, like, and that's the reason why he fights Superman, is because he knows that Superman's just a lackey, he's not doing what he always used yeah, to do. Yeah, and he's not what he used to stand for. Yeah, and he knows that, and, it, and that's, and he's out there to prove it, and, and stop that, and make it happen, and you know, you kind of, like, the thing is, you respect Batman in this story more than you probably will ever respect Batman, because you're just like, he's old, crepid, and like, almost out the door and he's still able to stand he up still and still shakes like, the world yeah still absolutely shakes it um uh, and okay so i didn't even get to the do we even finish the yeah the story's very dynamic because it goes he covers uh, he fights that he stops the yeah problem. it starts off with him like getting back into the game confronting mm. the mutants then it later goes on to the um how it affects the government he also confronts the Joker again. Yeah. And then it all just kind of culminates with the government sending Superman after him. Yeah, because they think he's too much of a threat all yeah. of a sudden. Because um, as far as a backstory goes, this kind of pulls a Watchmen in which there was a government act to get rid of superheroes. Yeah. And I, I think that's interesting, you know. Like, I think it's I think it's a very cool idea because, like, at cer- a certain point, the DC universe might get sick of superheroes. There's so many, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then that's the other thing about Dark Knight Ra- Returns is even though it's an Elseworlds tale, they're not afraid to bring in other superheroes. I always, I no. love that. Like, they I explain, love... They explain that um, as, par- as per the agreement, like, like, Diana went back to Themyscira and she's mm-hmm. probably just still there now. And Hal had left the planet. Yeah. And, uh, but then they also bring in Oliver Queen at the end yes. for the Superman fight, which is, he's missing an arm, which is almost like, it's almost like, you know, Aquaman's supposed to lose, like, his front, his, his, his hand. Mm-hmm. It's the same way. Like, Oliver's supposed to lose his arm at some point. You know, like, it's <laughs> kind of like s- fate, you know. And like, if it doesn't affect him, it, like... It's like Hot Potato passes on to fucking Roy Harper. Yeah, and I know. he loses <laughs> his arm instead. Um, and it's just like, it, it, it's really, like, it, it sets the bar for so much comics, you know? Like, and yes. it's, so, it's so crazy that way. And so many, so many people base how they write comics off of this book. Which and is I, fair. Yeah, which is, I mean, you're going to base off of such an important work anyways, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's just that type of way. One of the ways, which you see everywhere, of course, mm. is the way the uh, comic uses the media to deal out exposition. Oh, one of my favorite parts about this book is that, and like, and it's something that I mean, we see it all the time in in stuff, and it and it was even emulated in we talked about in our review last week, but Batman eighty nine. Yes, is that like the 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 way Gotham keeps up with this news is through its TV mm-hmm. through its through the news that uh, the news sources uh, in their town and it's so important to them and they just sit there and they're so glued to it. It's a way to deal out exposition. It's a way to see where the people and citizens, the normal mm-hmm. average Joes, how they feel about this situation. Yeah, without having to be, without having to feel like contrived. And super expository. Yeah, it, it feels natural. It feels natural, and it makes the story feel more weighty, mm-hmm. more big, more epic. You know, like it. It just it gives you more of a scale of the universe that like you wouldn't have when it's just like Bruce running around on rooftops. You know, yeah. like you actually get to see the man on the street. You know, type of deal. And I love. 
And the way Frank Miller does it is incredible, you know? And, like, and, I mean, we've, we've done podcasts about Frank Miller, and we could talk, we'll talk about Frank Miller in a yeah. little bit, but, like, like the way, the way he kind of does it in a very manic way, like, the flipping channels, or that you're watching all the channels at the same time, it's very manic and keeps it very exciting, even mm-hmm. though you, you're watching, like, single panels of television, like... And and that and that should be boring, you know. Like, why would you want to see a television program when you're reading a comic? But at the same time, it, he's able to make it work, and it grounds it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, let's go into Frank Miller. Uh, so this is before Sin City. Uh, yes. This is this is uh, this is his best work. Is is simply I, yeah, I, and I, plus he was under restraint. Yeah, at the time, and that's important for Frank Miller because they did not this was before everyone literally was like Frank Miller's the motherfucking best like mm-hmm. they were they loved his work everyone likes his work and he's done there's a lot of other great Batman stories that he's done yes um and I mean yeah year one uh, just alone you mm-hmm. know he wrote that and it's incredible and we'll be talking about that next week but like the and so he's so reverend as such a great writer but they they didn't he wasn't infallible like he is after he wrote The Dark Knight Returns. Yes. So the thing about Frank Miller is that once he had started Sin City, that was like the culmination of all his usual tropes. Yeah. And once he started writing Sin City, he never stopped writing Sin City. Nope. Even never when he left tec- Sin City. Even when he was technically not writing Sin City. Yeah. Everything afterward had to be written like Sin City. And it's just like, uh... It's like 300's even written like Sin City, you know? It's just yeah. got, it, like, it's got like a weird New York accent half the time, even mm-hmm. though they're supposed to be Greek, and you're just like, you're like, wow, Miller, what are you doing? Like, I like 300. Uh, I like the movie more than the book. But, like, it definitely, it's, and I mean, I don't even really love the movie, but, like, <laughs> but... I like it, it fun. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's just, it's fun. it's fun. It's fun. You can't really, it does what it's able to accomplish, you know, like, and there's definitely... And any, like, issues you might have with it, you could point more towards Miller himself rather than Snyder, because Snyder just tried to be as close as he could. Yeah, and he did a good job. I think he, he, he really just, like, makes some of the frames come alive mm-hmm. right off the page. Um... But, yeah, Frank, it's just like, Frank Miller is one of the best comic book writers of all time, but he's kind of lost it. The same as Alan Miller. uh, Alan Alan Moore. Moore. Alan Moore. Why do you say Alan Miller? I was trying. I was combining names. Uh, But Alan Moore is, he's defined, and the thing is, he's still making great work. Like, Alan Moore, that's the difference between Alan Moore and Frank Miller is that Alan Moore's still making great work. He's just more batshit crazy now. That, and he's completely, he's a lot more cynical these days. Yeah. And, like, Frank Miller kind of lost it, you know? Like, he's still got a lot of great stuff in him. Because, I mean, I saw Sin City 2 the other day. Oh, and you that, finally watched yeah, it? Yeah, and it was it was actually pretty good. But you're right. It, they just waited too long to mm-hmm. do that movie. And, like... All the miss, all the recasting really shows, and it's like it's really distracting too. It, it's distracting, and also like some of the the pacing's so strange, and you feel like I don't know. There's some good stuff there, like the stories are really great. Uh, for I, I know this has nothing to do with anything, but I hated Bruce Willis in that movie. What was the point of having Bruce Willis in that movie other than to say Bruce Willis is in this movie? Because yeah, he just and stands he there the and he's just one. like, "Hey, don't fucking kill yourself, Jessica Alba. You're gorgeous." Oh. You killed yourself. You know, like, it's just like... It's like, don't hurt yourself. No, oh, don't you do hurt it. yourself. And then he's gone. Yeah, and then he's gone. You're just like, what is the fucking point of having him there? Because he really can't do anything. At first, I was like, 
oh cool, this would be a story where he's not where he's alive before he killed before he killed himself with the yellow bastard story at first when I first saw him in the movie mm-hmm. and then they just like totally waste him by being a ghost and you're like what is the point of what having Bruce Willis what is this the amazing Spider-Man 2 yeah exactly it's a like, oh, god it's exactly like that but Bruce Willis talks instead of David Leary's just like you fucking my daughter what? look look and just like hey 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 don't you fuck my daughter you Peter promise Parker. Peter you promise me and that's and that's exactly the whole problem with it is that like Frank Miller was like probably like that's a genius move. We should have the ghosts and Bruce Willis talk to just gobble the entire time. And I'm like, I would rather that scene play out without the crazy, creepy ghost in the corner. Yeah, because I mean, it's already clear enough that she's going nuts. Yeah, you don't need Bruce Willis being like. I'm trying to act, but I'm not being paid enough. And you're just like, <laughs> you're like, ah. Okay, but. Sleepwalking through stuff as per usual. Uh, to try to transition, the animated movie of Dark, The Dark Knight which Returns. We've, which we've covered before. Is amazing. It's great. It's fan-fucking-tastic, both parts. Yeah. And when they're put together, it's even better. It even works better as an adaptation just to add its own nuances mm. to it. Because the thing about year one and I love... Year One is my favorite Batman story, so I just love that the animated movie is just such a slave to the material. Like, yeah. no, nothing has changed. It's just the comic beat for beat. Yeah, they, they're like, so, no, no change. From my, my selfish perspective, I'm just like, damn right, it went that way. <laughs> but it does make the adaptation of Dark Knight Returns more interesting because it does change things. For one, yeah. the inner monologue is gone. Yeah, which is very interesting for it because it is so heavy in the book. Mm-hmm. It's so... And it makes certain moments, but they're able to still make the moments happen in the movie. Yeah, they adapt some lines into actual dialogue, and it's one of those things where, like, it's a visual medium, more so than comics are. I mean, yes, comics are a visual medium, too, but you need nuances like that to facilitate the story and progress it. Yeah. With a movie, it's just, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. Exactly. Um, And, and, I mean, the the movie is, is first off, gorgeous, Mm because they... They definitely changed the art style, but and I—it's still like blocky and thick, yeah. But it's streamlined, so the animation works. Because and Frank Miller, if you adapted straight up his art style, it would not work for animation. No, it would look weird. It's too messy. It's it would... too intentionally rough and dirty. But that's the point. That's why I love it in that book, though. Is that like Frank Miller? Even though usually his dirty style can be a little bit overdone. Here Dark Knight Strikes Again. Uh, yeah, Dark Knight Strikes Again. He does the same. That's the thing. He's kind of just like recycling himself. In and the that, Dark and it's Strikes just Strikes sloppy. Again. Yeah, exactly. Instead of the like ooh classiness of like the sloppiness and the grittiness of of the Dark Knight Returns and Strikes Back, it's definitely like what? Like, well, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Yeah, you know, like type of deal. Um, we'll we'll go over a little bit of Strikes Back at the end. Strikes Again. Strikes Again. Strikes. Strike sucking my balls is basically how I'm going to say. Um, but, <laughs> Three strikes are out. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, please don't make it. No, no, remember we were talking about the other day, Scott Snyder and Frank Miller are going to work on the, the third book of this. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'm, ex- I'm sort of excited in like a fucked up, horrified way, but I'm excited. I'm morbidly curious, Yeah, I guess. exactly. Because I love you, Scott Snyder, but uh, Frank Miller's nuts. And even and the thing is, I love Robert Rodriguez, but like even he couldn't reel in Frank Miller for some of this Sin City stuff, you know? Like yeah, like and I love Robert Rodriguez. De- Desperado is one of my favorite action films of mm-hmm. all time. The original Sin City is absolutely incredible. I, I he's one of my favorite directors, and I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff Robert Rodriguez has made, but he knows 
when he's making that content, so I under like I understand that. Like, yeah, the Spy Kids he knows it's a kids movie, so they're he knows all crap. they're all crap. But like the thing is, he knows what he's doing there. You know, he knows he's not making groundbreaking work. He's just there mm-hmm. to make a kids film that's fun and makes people go cool I like Antonio Mendes but like but when he has to actually put his foot down and make something significant he's able to do it yeah you know is what is why I love about Robert he is and um beside the point again mm-hmm. but like the dark, the dark night returns it's just the 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 art is so incredible in a way you know it's just like because, like, there's these really big moments that really stand out. They're so iconic and noirish. Yes. You know, like, in a neo-noir sort of way where it feels futuristic and it feels like it's in the future. But, like, like why is there, like, why is there still a street lamp at Crime Alley in whatever 2000, like, fucking 56, you know? Like, when, when the place would probably have been torn down and, yeah. like, rene- re-renovated or something. You know, like, and like, they do that, but it's such a great scene, you know? It's the same thing as, like, The Exorcist. It's like, how the fuck is that such well, like, lit alleyway when he shows up <laughs> in, the, in the fog? But, like, the thing is, it's such, like, a visually stunning It's just one of those things moment. where, like, it's a, I would describe it as an alternative dystopian future at a yeah. certain time period in the same way that Watchmen is. Same way that Year 100's a different type yes. of this. Um, if you've never read Batman Year 100, that's probably a book we should have covered in this, but it's a very strange book, and I only own the first two. Yeah, so, so you I haven't could, read all of it. No, I've read all of okay. it. I haven't been able to give you the mm. other copies, is what my problem was. I meant to give you the entire thing, but I wasn't able to get the other two books. Um, but I, but that's, But there's very interesting, like comparisons between the two because like you could tell the direct influence between uh dark knight returns and uh the year 100 but year 100's more eastern in a way it very much is anime ish mm-hmm. more than like miller's very western gritty noirish feel yeah. to it Mar- uh, yeah america and that is very much an american fucking book you know like it is very like what? even though it criticizes america it is literally like fucking, we have everything, like, fuck it, you know, like, we don't give a shit, you know, like, and it is one of those things where it, it had impacted the stories and how writers tackle the character from that point on, then you, it's a no-brainer that Year 100 would take elements yeah. from it, and I know, even though I haven't read it, that there is a subtle reference to it, Yeah, because Batman is a legend at that point, and they mention how there have been, like, Two big appearances previously in 1939 and 1986, Detective Comics 27 yeah. and Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, it really is that. It's really fun. And I love subtle references like that. I like that. Now, I, I've deliberately been putting, that off, putting this off, but I know this is one of your favorite topics to talk about um, in Dark Knight Returns. This is your favorite Robin. Yes, Carrie Kelly is my favorite Robin. Tell us all about Carrie Kelly. I already explained this, man. Way back. <laughs> Go ahead. But Carrie Kelly is a female Robin for this mm-hmm. particular interpretation of Batman. She is a, um, it's only vaguely, like, displayed in the movie. Mm. It's more, like, elaborated on in the book, if you know where to find it, that she's a gymnastics expert. Like, she's big into gymnastics, hence why she... Can do all this acrobatic stuff before yeah. before she meets bats and is yeah. able to interact with them. And it's kind of like Tim Drake, sort yeah. of in a way. And the reason why Carrie's my favorite Robin is one, I'm just down for a female Robin. Yeah, it's not a bad a thing. Robin. It makes sense. And I like the relationship. Yeah, she's spunky, but in a in a very realistic well, she's way. She's still hip. She's confident and mm. strong for her age. Yeah, without coming off as arrogant. Exactly. Or naive. And she's not, 
Batgirl. You yeah. know, like, it's the other thing is that it could have just crossed over into being just, like, Batgirl territory, but she definitely is a Robin, you know, like, and she understands what that means as a mantle. Yeah, you know, like, and, and the fact that, like, I in, admire the courage and bravery to even try to be a Robin in this particular Because it's more brutal. Batman. It's more yeah. brutal. It's way more brutal. I mean... Uh, some spoilers if you haven't read this book fuck you uh, <laughs> like but uh joker dies in the middle and like in in like it's fucked up the way he does it because like batman doesn't exactly kill him batman pushes it towards the end but joker intentionally kills himself you yeah know? Like, he um snaps his own neck he snaps his own neck batman had like done most of the turn but joker pushes it right out but isn't that like Oh, I, first off, the poetry of that moment. Oh, you know, yeah. like, because it's just like, Joker would never let Batman get the, the actual kill. Because he doesn't want to actually ruin Batman that way. You know, mm -hmm. like, he all the time he's like, kill me, Bats. But, like, but he never wants actually Batman to take that final step. And he's surprised when he but, gets the bad rank. So the he's just satisfied enough that people will blame him for it, yeah. even though he didn't do it. He's just like, haha. And like, and that's the thing is he gets the last laugh, mm -hmm. you know, like, and that, and I, it's so fucking good. That's why it's like, <laughs> it's incredible because it's like Frank Miller went from making these poetic, like, so gold moments. Like we always talk about comic gold moments that like speak to the characters, speak to the mythos. And like this whole book is just that. And because, you know, like, and because this is supposed to be the final Batman story, you got to hit those notes. Yeah. And because it's separated from normal continuity, you can kill the Joker. Yeah, and you can fuck up Two-Face. You can fix his face. You can... Because that's, that's another part of the book that I absolutely love is where they... Where they Two-Face is released from prison and they say that they fixed his face. Yeah, they gave him plastic surgery, but the way he sees it, both sides are messed up now. Yeah. And people are just pretending that he's fine. And, oh, it's so good. You know, like, what that speaks so much to the character and to he, who he is... As a person that no matter what you can do to help him, he is still two-faced deep mm -hmm. down, you know? Like, even if even if you fix his actual face and make him a normal-looking person, deep Which down, Which makes it even not... more depressing for Bruce, because Bruce was one of the main advocates to help him out. Yeah, he always believed in Harvey Dent. Yeah. Always! <laughs> and, like, and it's just like, damn, when it still doesn't work out at the very end. Nope. And that's, and that's the other thing, is, like... The other great thing about this book is that the villains go down just with Batman, you know, like, they definitely, they stand up and they try to fight it off at the end, but they just, they're just as messed up, mm -hmm. you know, like, they're just as fucked, and, like, and that's what's so interesting, and that's why I love that the end of the book is not just a fight with the Joker to the end, because that could, that could have been a way to end a Batman story, but it's way better that it ends with Batman versus Superman, you it's know, like, ends that, with like... your best friend. It's interesting that, like, that's the halfway point. Yeah. You know, like, Joker dying, you think that that could be the climax. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's not. No. It's not even, like, close. And it's so, it's, you're so, like, whoa, like, <laughs> by that point that you're just, like, it really is a roller coaster. When I first read it, it really, like, I was just, like, I was just, so blown away. It's just the big culmination. Like, everything yeah. that could happen happens. And, like, I mean, it's so funny because, like, I used to get in arguments with people because, like, I knew a kid back in high school who just loved to troll me about, like, Batman stuff. Like, mm -hmm. he knew he knew a bunch about Batman, but he's ignorant. And, yeah. like, he was just like, Batman's never killed anybody. Name it one time, Batman's killed somebody. I'm like, Joker, basically. And he's like... He's like, yeah, but that's not continuity. I'm like, yeah, but... It's Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, it's Dark Knight Returns. You don't go, oh, it's not continuity because it's Dark Knight Returns. You're like, no, it's kind of it. You know, like, if you're going to point towards a Batman story, point towards that. Yeah, and plus there is also, like, those 
debatable nuances or just like, oh, Batman failed to save this henchman as he was falling down to his <laughs> yes. death, or I, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Exactly. It's just like, yeah, Batman's uh, done a few yeah. moments where he's kind of killed somebody. He rides the line. Yeah, and like, isn't that the point of vengeance, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, is that, that even though he's got that rule, he can still ride that vengeance, that, that his vengeance yeah. out that way. And I mean... Good things, bad things. That's the thing is it opens up an argument. It opens up a dialogue with does Batman do the right thing? Is he pu- is he pushed too far? And there's a constant ongoing debate about that yeah. between like other newscasters and debaters with uh, Lana Lang, yeah. who's actually a big advocate for the Batman and a big supporter. I like it. I like it a lot that they do that in the in in this. Interesting that it's Lana, and not Lois. Yeah. And I, I, but isn't is Lois is not in this? Lois is. I think what's Lois, she doing? I think Lois left. Clark either that, either that, or she might be dead at this continuity. I don't know. I don't think it's explicitly stated. I yeah, think it's kept ambiguous. Um, now, I mean, I mean, there's a there's a lot of great things to love about this, but there's also some horror that comes out of this. Of uh, course, the, the Dark Knight Strikes Back, uh, strikes again, strikes, strikes back, again, strikes in, is okay. Grant Morrison was the only person to ever convince me that the book is worth even reading. Um, because it is just a horrifying drug-filled mess is basically what which it, it is. It, it is, it's and terrible. it's that. But Grant Morrison br- brought up a point on Fat Man, Fat Man on Batman. He had a whole thing. Uh, Kevin Smith was talking with Grant Morrison, and he had described like Frank Miller's stance at the time and how like nine eleven had shifted and, that and, story. And it's really interesting when you take it from that perspective the book is actually extremely interesting when you take it from that perspective but the thing is it's not it does not feel like a true sequel it's not even a very good sequel it has very strange beats a giant frog is a is a villain at a certain point you know there's a big twist because there's a uh, joker running around in this story yeah and it's just like ah, it's just not the reveal is <laughs> you fin- you finally finished reading the story, yeah, didn't you? I believe so. I I think I did. Because I, I was waiting for your reaction on the twist, and it never came. I don't, I don't, I don't. Maybe I didn't finish it. I might have not. I, the thing is, I was so like sick to my stomach reading it. Like that was just kind of like okay. Yeah. So in Frank Miller's world, his little world yeah. in his head, he considers All Star Batman and Robin. Yes. Year one. Dark Knight Returns and Dark Knight Strikes Again with all within the same continuity. The like Millerverse. The, the Frank Miller you know, universe. Yeah. And, oh, God. Just say it. Just with say Dark Knight it. Returns, there is a Joker running around, and since Batman knows that the Joker died with the Dark Knight Returns, yeah. he knows it's an imposter. The Joker is actually revealed to be Dick Grayson. Oh, God. Who went nuts. Yeah, but why? Because... Of the way Psycho Batman treats him in All Star Batman and Robin. Oh no! Oh no! Yes. Oh no! That's why I hate you, Miller. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love you, but I hate your fucking guts. Because oh, like, All Star Superman is the biggest fucking joke of a book that it shouldn't even be caught, ta- like counted as a continuity anywhere. It should just be counted as a parody of Batman. Because oh yeah. Because if you think about it as a parody, it's hilarious. It's really funny. But if you think about it as an actual comic. You should be offended on all fronts. Like so, yeah. That's so. That's the twist. And oh man, I'm about to go to a really dark place right now. Okay. Um. So crazy Dick Grayson Joker 
tries to force himself upon Carrie Kelly. Oh, God. Unsuccessfully. Really? Ah. Unsuccessfully, but that happens. But why did that have to happen? It's disgusting. That's why I hate Miller. Like, he, can't, <laughs> he just, like... That's why, that's why as much as Grant Morrison can be like, it's interesting if you think about it this way, I'm still just like, blech. Because it's just... It's like, why does he have to go that far? Is basically it. Like, why? Like, there's no point to the story to draw it like mm-hmm. that. You know, like, what? like, what does it do for the story to do that? And that's what I had the problem with, is that I feel like The Dark Knight Returns is so well-structured, so well-put-together, and it was well-thought-out beforehand. And it strikes back, feels like um, like he just took a bunch of fucking drugs and just wrote and then handed it in, and they were like, it's fucking genius. It's one of those cases where no one, you never needed a sequel to The Dark Knight Returns. It was already, no. like, his last Batman story. Yeah, he really but did not he need it. He didn't listen to logic. I mean... Like, All-Star Superman, going yeah. to Grant Morrison. All-Star Superman was planned to have a sequel. Yeah. But Grant Morrison saw the way people reacted to it and decided, you know what, it just works fine as it is. It doesn't need a continuation. Anything that people could learn is already inferred and implied within the story. You're, oh, you're saying All-Star Superman? All-Star Superman. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And then that's like that's the thing is, it, you gotta know when the story's done. You got you have mm-hmm. to know. And I mean... That that's something with the Hobbit movies is that we can I can say this right now they only need to be two movies like I mean I haven't even seen the third I mean, movie yet like, like really like, reflecting on it it could have just been one movie because the Hobbit is not that dense no but and I these movies see, aren't that dense either you know they're like, padded but I could see especially after they said like where they would have split the original films if it, when it was still two I could see how it would work because I feel like maybe for one movie Smog. Followed by the Battle of the Five Armies would have been a little too much. Yeah, but... I could see why splitting it could work, but not into three. Then you just start stretching it. You start stretching it, because then you have to feel... Then you feel like the last movie's got to be really long, and you already are done with the story, basically. You know, like, it's just... stupid. I'm somewhat dreading Battle of the Five Armies, because I haven't watched it yet, but I'm just thinking it's going to have to wrap up Smog, set up the battle, then do the battle... Then wrap it up, and then it's probably going to tie in. It's just like a tiny little break. They say the last two. twenty minutes is amazing because it ties into Lord of the Rings, but mm-hmm. that's all I've heard. <laughs> yeah, like adding its own like prequel stuff, which is fair enough. I mean, Tolkien did that himself with re- with new editions of the book just to yeah. make it flow better. And like, and the thing, it's like I I love the Hobbit, and I like that it's so short, and I like that it's like such a children's book, and we kind you kind of lose that whimsical feeling if you have to make a three book epic you know mm-hmm. is basically it you know like is because because like, the hobbit was never that epic no it, it's not supposed to be it's supposed to be like like if you watch the animated version it's very well that's the way it's supposed to be it's supposed to be whimsical it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like they fall into another adventure they keep falling into another adventure and the hob that hobbit animated movie is very eh to me but it gets the tone right yeah that's what i'm saying like i i i, I watched that when i was little so i like that mm-hmm. a lot but like I can see, I don't like, there's, there's too much music in that one, first off, because they yeah. think, they're like, we should, it's an animated movie, it should be a musical, and you're like, no, you don't, you don't, fine. Have you <laughs> seen the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings movies? I don't think so, what are those? They're the Ralph Bakshi theatrical oh, animated the, Lord the, of the Rings Oh, the movies, animated yeah. ones? Yeah, yeah, no, I've seen those, sorry, they're I good. thought you meant They're, like, they're okay. good, but they never got to finish the story, yeah. which was unfortunate. Yeah, just like, oh. But, going back, 
it's really just about you got to know when to stop. Yeah, and, 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 and that's not, it's, you know, it's not a bad thing to be like, it's time to stop, you know, like, and it's time to walk away. And that's not always a bad thing. A lot of people treat it as such a bad thing. Like, what was a book that ended recently on their own accord? Um, which is, like, the right thing to do. On the DC side, there was a book that ended uh, on their own accord. Animal Man did An- Animal Man kind of yeah. ends the way he wants to. Mm-hmm. And, like, and and that's, and I love and that. And the book is never, and the book's, like, never classified as, like, canceled. It's more just, like, Jeff Lemire coming out and said, I kind of just want to end it. I feel like I'm... I've hit you what hit I needed it there. to hit. And, uh, I mean, not to get more off topic, but I wish they I wish they did that with Swamp Thing. because. But the thing is, you there's no way to end the story of Swamp Thing, because there's endless stories of Swamp Thing. Yeah. But, like, there's really... And he'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah, like, definitely, I hate that they cancel the book. But, like, you know, that they'll definitely have a Swamp Thing book by next year, at least. You know, I like, mean, it... Maybe it's, it's more like a break. He'll be back eventually. Yeah. Um... More Dark Knight Returns stuff. But uh, this all this all ties. Yeah, in. it all ties in. Uh, is is um, first off the colors. The colors are absolutely fantastic, uh, coloring wise. Yeah, it's very it's, it's very bold and dark and dirty when it needs to be. But it knows the how colors to be really pop and they really stand out. And and I mean, there's and like the dialogue, even though it can be very strange at certain points, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, because it tries to attempt like its own version of future speak. And I love the future speak. I mean, I love the way the mutants talk. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and like that's the thing is like there's so many cool things in their own universe building here that it's almost kind of like it's an epic in that way. You yeah. know, like and it is an, it's an epic book. And like and if if you have not read it, like de- like please, dear God, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Mm-hmm. Go out fucking buy this book. I do have to bring up one point. Mm-hmm. Because let's talk about the Dark Knight Rises for a brief moment. Okay. One of the one of people's many problems with the movie is that they don't like the idea of Batman quitting. Yeah. Whether they mean the quit for eight years or the fact that he pretty much retires at the end of the movie. Yeah. It makes it ma- it kind of entertains the notion because this is the exact same thing that happens in this book. Yeah, that he's quitting. He's and already then... quit for a long time longer in this case. And, and then, then he, he comes, comes back. back, but by the end of the movie, he's kind of retired. Sort of, but he's kind of I still feel, running the bat army. Yeah, but I feel like the contrast is, is that this is a Batman who's already at the end of his rope, who has had decades of experience. Yeah, and the, the Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Rises, Rises, it's like he's still in his prime. At the most, the the weirdest thing when you really think about it with the Nolan trilogy, which is kind of one of my biggest problems, but you really have to think about it. Yeah. Really, if you think about it, he was only Batman for maybe a year and a half yeah. before he quit. It's so like, what happened but, to the eternal war? What yeah, happened but, to like the endless, like, I will never let other people feel the way yeah. I felt when my parents died. But one of my things that I can kind of forgive it on is because the Batman of the Nolan universe's main goal is to inspire other people to take up arms yeah. instead of just one man. So I get that. Plus, the movies are so grounded that it does do a good job of showing that being Batman ain't healthy. No. Your body's going to get broken down. Yeah. And, and I mean, and they do that in the comics, but, like, you know, he always keeps it. It's going. a comic book, yeah, so it's, it's got to go. Yeah. It's like, I haven't I, I, I slept for two weeks. He's like, you're <laughs> dead. Yeah, you're fucking <laughs> you be, dead, Batman. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's true. And he's really fucked up in this. In Dark Knight Returns, like, Bat, like Bruce Wayne, Batman is, like, really fucked. 
Like he 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 definitely has scars all over his body. He's he's got PTSD. Like he can't even like function as a person. You yeah. Know? Like and and I think that's important. You know, like is that he was never able to be a human being. You know, and that's and that's important to Bruce Wayne. Is that like. He, he's always been Batman. Ever since the guns went off and the pearls fell, oh, yeah. he, he instantly became Batman. And like that's, and that's, and that's the difference, you know. Like is that he he never stopped. And like that, and I mean that's the whole argument with the Dark Knight Rises thing is like why would he ever stop? You know, like why would he ever be like, nah, okay, people will be able to take care of themselves from now on. Yeah, and I get and I get the issue, but it is one of those things where like it's a very different interpretation of the character. Yeah. So for that particular interpretation, I get why they go there. Basically, my Batman don't get vacation. <laughs> is basically what I'm but saying. For me, of all the depression and the angst and the continuing just like death and destruction and depression, I could use at least one interpretation of Batman where he has somewhat right. of a happy ending. True. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, you kind of go, well, all right, Batman. You deserve that. Like, yeah. yeah, you deserve that. But again, we I think we covered it in uh, Batman who... Uh, the the cape crusade the whatever happens, happens to the cape crusader it's like the, he he says it there it's like they Gaiman says it is that that the reward for being Batman is that you got to be Batman and again and uh, and you know that's that's all the reward you get yeah. you know like and that's and that's you know that's the great thing and also the sad thing about I being love Batman that book so much oh so fucking good but pretty much to wrap things up the Dark Knight is is returns is an incredible book Mm -hmm. even in even if you read it single issue form which i've read it sometimes in that form and it's really great in reading single issue but then it's great when it's all one book like when it's in the four parts you're like oh it's paced paced well the pacing is extremely good because i haven't read it in that format well i mean not with the what not with the physical like four part stories but i have read like one part at a time before yeah and it works it definitely works and like i i i was able to get my hands on on the single copies but i wasn't able to buy them because they're expensive Mm -hmm, because people love that that yeah that old style prestige Uh, format yeah and they were yeah the prestige books are so nice Mm -hmm. so nice um, but like they and and they're expensive now. Like the the single issue was like ten bucks at, at this really cheap place I was at. And I yeah. was just like, you can buy the entire trade for ten bucks now. <laughs> like you yeah. know, you don't need that single issue. Um, but ba- basically, best Batman book, an interesting universe, uh, fantastic fights. It, it stirs you emotionally and also gets your brain thinking about the way Batman is. It, it kind of makes in- you fall in love with Batman at a time when Batman's going through his darkest shit. Yeah, and it's influenced everything that's come out. Everything. I mean, Rises has elements of The Dark Knight Returns. We've had The Dark Knight Returns two-part animated movie. Yeah. And Batman vs. Superman. You can basically thank this movie for... Uh, most of yeah. modern Batman stories, you can also thank it for so many changes in the Batman universe and like people being bold enough to make changes. And then you can also thank this book for this podcast because you wouldn't have yeah. this podcast if we had not read that and fallen in love with Batman the way we, we mm-hmm. do. And, and it also, you know, I think one of the first things we were ever talking about when we were coming up with this podcast is being like, People don't understand they need to read Dark Knight Returns. You know, like, <laughs> you're not getting it. It's, uh, and also just on a minor, just on a 
minor note, you can also thank it for an awesome fight two years from now. Yes. Oh. Because regardless, regardless of how Batman vs. Superman will actually turn out as a whole, we know that fight's going to be amazing. It's going to be fucking great. Because, I mean... So if you hate the movie, if it turns out good, if it turns out and bad... And even if you don't like Scott Zack Snyder, you know he's a good action director. Oh, yeah. He's a, I mean, obviously. So even if you... Hate the movie. Mm. You're going to be watching that fight on YouTube. Yeah, yeah exactly. A bunch of times. <laughs> a bunch of times. I and and I mean, there's not much else to say other than this book is a perfect ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. It really Absolutely. is. It's one of those books that will actually change your life. And if if you're that much into Batman, and if you're not that much into Batman, it might get you to be into Batman. And and you'll I, understand um, when us nerds are talking about some serious Batman shit now. I've actually know? like when I can't because the animated movie is such a good adaptation. Yeah. When I can't convince them to read the book, I've actually had them watch the movie, which is a good thing. And because I've had you friends. Sit down, down. I've had friends who have come finishing that movie and just be like, "That's the greatest Batman ever I've ever experienced." Just it's like, a damn good movie. It's one of those movies that you could be like, "This might be the best Batman movie," you know? And like, it's you're kind of like. I, yeah, friend, I don't know. I like, had a friend over my house who I had him watch and he fucking clapped after part two was done. As soon as it cut to the credits, he was just like, that was, I, that was just, wow. It's incredible, you know, like, and, and I want, I, I still haven't seen it all the way through in one piece yet. Yeah. I, I put it out. Like yeah. That. And you saw that I bought the deluxe edition Blu-ray. It's interesting. Uh, the only changes is that there, of course, it's not split into two, so it's not that cliffhanger with the Joker. Yeah. That shot is still there, mm. but it immediately cuts to what the Joker's doing afterward, yeah. and it gives, like, I think, like, a three months later subtitle. Yeah, of course, something yeah. like three months later. Um, but, yeah, guys, this is this is one of those books that will change you, and mm-hmm. and you need to pick it up if you haven't yet, and you, under, and you understand what we're talking about if you've read it, you know, like, and of course you should have, if you're listening to this podcast, god damn it. What's the matter with you? Um, so, guys, thank you for listening in, uh, be sure to keep looking out because we are going to put out our zero year, uh, year one Slash comparison. Year one, yep. And, uh, th- and that's one's going to be a lot in-, in depth too. This is uh, pretty in depth, but the next one's going to be a uh, really in depth. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So stay tuned for that. The final one. But guys, as always, thank you for your support. Thank you for all, all your, all, all the love you give real books on that Batman and the love you give to Batman, because that's the whole point is we just love Batman. So we love talking about it and speaking it. And if you love Batman more because you listen to this, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Um, and guys, Check out our Facebook. Talk to us about Batman on there because we want we want to hear what you think of the Dark Knight Returns. And some people I know don't like the Dark Knight Returns. You're a blasphemer, but you you I know have a someone. Point. I know someone in particular who shall remain nameless who finds the Dark Knight Returns overrated. Yeah, and I can and like I can see that argument, but you're wrong. Yeah, uh, but I mean I can see your it's argument cute that you have an opinion that is that's good to have. <laughs> good to have an opinion on something yeah it is not the right one <laughs> but it is nice that you have one at all <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys for listening in and uh have a if, if this is right before christmas so i guess happy holidays happy holidays and we'll see you soon adios we're breaking news we're gonna head over to frank duran tell us about some websites where we can find real bucks don't have batman podcast what's a website 
I don't know. The kids will pay a nickel and dime to see them, though. Well, it says here on the card that Geeky Universe rhymes with geek, comic podcast network, comicsrelated.com, and gaustudios.com will all have real books don't have Batman. I tell you, these podcasts are more fun than a Nickelodeon on the weekend, eh, Frank? Oh, I love a Nickelodeon on the weekend. I just love the pictures. I love pictures. Did you see the one with the train in it? Ah, scared the shit out of me, Frank. (laughs)